Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and beyond. And today we are joined by our friend, Eric Fisher, who is such a good sport to jump in at the last minute. We're going to be talking about the biggest industry trends happening in podcasting and the big question that we all want to know how can we really make money with podcasting and we're also going to get his take on how to stand out in a quickly crowded space including um what type of social media should you be leveraging when you've Mm. got a podcast either as a pro or a hobbyist and then we're also going to discuss what he thinks his predictions are for the future of podcasting and if you don't know who Eric Fisher is, he is the host and producer and all things over at the Beyond the To-Do List podcast. You can find that at Beyond the To-Do List, Beyond the To-Do List, it rolls right off the tongue, Eric, uh, .com. Uh, and so make sure you guys go check that out. Give him a rating and review because that really does help uh, podcasters. But he's been doing this, what, for 10 years, how, five, six, how many the years? Show will be, the show will be 10 years old in August. So Wow. It's, Almost there, yeah. That is really cool. So how many episodes is that? Uh, well, so there wasn't a consistent weekly cadence at some point. Oh, okay. The, you know, last, in the first five years, but since then, it's been basically that. But we're about 450, so. Yeah, yeah, feel, okay. Feel nice and good with that number. Yeah, so. Are you doing anything big to celebrate 10 years? Oh. It's a big milestone. I've got some things in the works. Good. Some things I'm planning, <laughs> working on, Yes. Yeah, looking forward to it. And I want to do a shout out to our friends over on Ecamm who do sponsor the show, by the way. And so they've got some really cool stuff coming up. So you can go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. But here they're doing Demo Mode Pros Season 2 that starts June 21st and runs every Tuesday. So if you're wanting to take your live show to the next level or even learn how to do Ecamm better for your presentations or, or whatnot, I'm using it to shoot my Amazon Live videos with now. So it's really, really cool. Um, so make sure you check that out on every Tuesday starting June 21st. And they also have a new show called Marshall Creates. It's a new live show hosted by Marshall Fox and that starts on June 23rd. So. We mentioned in just getting this whole show set up that we're going to be talking about podcast movement a little bit. Eric and I are going to be there at uh, podcast movement. So is Grace. I'm going to say Grace. Grace is, I saved the best for last, Grace. So Grace is going to be there. But also, Ecamm is going to be there at podcast movement. They're doing a special get together. So if you haven't joined their community, make sure you go and follow them on Facebook and all the socials because they'll make some announcements there. But I'm excited. I'm going to be hanging out with them, doing some stuff. But if you haven't been to Podcast Movement, 
it is like the biggest podcasting thing uh, conference around tons of vendors tons of cool stuff so if you're going to be anywhere in the vicinity of dallas in uh i can't remember the dates it's the end of august, august. yeah it's like august. last week of august <laughs> yeah podcastmovement.com yeah. like yeah yeah 23rd through 27th somewhere in there yeah so come yeah. hang out with Go us look it up it's in Dallas. Direct flights everywhere. It'll be amazing. So, uh, yeah. So, Ecamm's going to be there. So, make sure to check them out. Also, make sure to check them out at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. So, um, we're going to be talking. Right, let's talk about our equipment first for a little bit because we are on Amazon yeah. Live. And, okay. Well, I just want to I want to okay. point out the fact that like this was we planned the show. I knew Jeff was going to be out of town, so he has his remote setup, which I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then Eric. I just texted him and said, where are you? And he just popped on on the fly. So let's talk about what made this all possible. I had breakfast with Jeff and a few others this morning, and I literally said, Jeff, I'd love to be on the show again sometime. I did not know you were going to take me (laughs) up on that at a moment's notice today. Right. But I'm glad to. So let's talk about uh, like equipment, because I mean, a lot of the stuff is that people always wonder like okay how do you do a podcast what do you need and then also how do you do a live show and slash podcast and a lot of the equipment goes across now i'm on a remote studio and i've been trying to pare stuff down so i don't have to lug stuff through airports and carry a bunch of stuff and um, i learned this from ecamm but i'm actually using my phone as my web camera i don't have any of the new stuff that they announced uh, with the apple event that's eventually going to let you put your camera on there but i'm just using an app called um, shoot and it actually gives me a clean feed out from my camera and I plug it in and I can use it as a source in Ecamm. I have a portable microphone, it's a little port, a portable Rode uh, lav- lavalier mic that I can plug into my, my laptop. And then I have my phone on top of just my DJI gimbal. Um, and so everything packs really, really small, but I also, I brought my stream deck with me to be able to Ooh. stream everything. So. I f- and I have my uh, iPad over here where I can have some notes and stuff and run Amazon Live. So I feel like I have a really kind of compact studio uh, for travel, and it's, it's worked really, really well. Now, when Eric and I are back in our studio, we both really love the Heil PR40. That's our mic we use. We use our Rodecaster to record uh, the show on, and it goes and actually goes through live. It sweetens our sound a little bit. So um, what am I leaving out, Eric? Um, Oh, our little our our monitor. The roadcaster, yeah, the the earbuds that right. are clear yep. that go behind your ear and then into the system so that right. you can be free to have head movement. But like mm-hmm. see, right now, I'm using my AirPods. Yeah, oh, so so uh, Grace has them too. I didn't know I that. Have them yeah. Too. Yep. No, of course. I have two sets. They're fairly inexpensive, I, I, too. They're like, what, yeah. $14.99 I have two pair because I roll over them all the time with yes, my, my I have, chair. I have an extra, I have an extra yeah. pair over there. And then um, I'm in my home studio, so I actually have, like, my big, you know, headphones if I wanted to be that way. Yeah, somebody said they wouldn't have guessed that it was your phone camera. Yeah, these new phones have such good cameras on them that mm-hmm. I was tired of lugging. I use my uh, Canon mirrorless uh, M50 at the office, but I can actually use this this with this shoot app. I think it's like nine bucks to give you a clean feed, and you can use all the cameras on your phone. And so when I record like Amazon uh, hands videos, like when I'm demoing something, I just have that up my phone up, and it's plugged into my um, my uh, eCam and my, to my computer. And I have another source camera that I can use for shooting product videos and stuff, or going live and doing carving stuff like we've talked about. So. I really like this, you know, light and agile stuff. So 
What else did we miss? Well, what do you use? Well, there's the one other thing. What are you using? Well, there's the one other thing. Oh, my mic? Yeah. Oh, it's the uh, AT2020. It's a pretty standard mic. It's a, you know, it's available on Amazon as well. Uh, it's really great for podcasting and it's a good starter mic. I know that like uh, there's the Heil that you have, the Heil PR40 and mm-hmm. then the Shure mic, which our friends over at Dealcasters. Yes, they, they have some, they have some good demos are, on those. Yeah, they do have really good demos on there. So check that out. But this is just my same old, same old that I've been using uh, since I've started this. But I also wanted to do a shout out too to the thing making this possible, which is the Internet. And you use a tool called Speedify. (laughs) That's right. right, That combines the um, the, your Wi-Fi signal and the broadband. Now, apparently Lima has incredible broadband. So this is not a problem. It's it's really funny. It's actually got a higher upload speed at the hotel than download speed, which I've never had before. So it's working, it looks pretty good. But yeah, uh, Speedified combines things. I've actually got my, um, my phone LTE tied into it so I can just make sure the signal is smooth. So uh, yeah, Chris says that he loves that Audio-Technica um, mic. Yeah. So it looks cool too. So that's the thing. Does, and our friend Liz Wil- cool. Wilcox here, if you haven't watched Liz's episode about oh uh, email, it's amazing. And she has so much fun. She's one of my favorite people and she's got a great group. If you haven't uh, checked out her email marketing group, it's like 10 bucks a month, but it's she gives you like so much stuff. So anyway, thanks Liz for popping by. Um, let's see. So podcasting, Eric, let's kind of. Yes, let's, let's launch into the show. So last November and December, we had a two part series with our friend Shannon Hernandez on the business of podcasting. So uh, if you want to go back, there was part one was covering getting started with podcasting. And part two was all about the tools, text, motivation, and monetization of podcasting. So, but today we invited Eric spontaneously, I will admit, to talk about the emerging future trends of podcasting and what topics what are the big topics that podcasters are like interested in like challenges hurdles what are the big topics in the industry right now uh eric yeah well so i'm going to give a shout out to uh evo Terra. he is the host producer extraordinary all-around guy who does um his show podcast pontifications and his most recent episode, which I wholeheartedly agree with. He lists off three things that podcasters are going to have to get used to or get over. I forget how he phrased it exactly, but it was basically, Hey, if you're going to carry podcasting into the future, this is what you need to get used to. And one of the things that he mentioned was very first and foremost, getting used to or getting over the hangup of opposition towards DAI or dynamic ad insertion. And that overall, podcast listeners are getting used to that. And and if people don't know what that is, dynamic ad insertion basically means that you can put an ad in at any point on a podcast that you presuppose you want that placement to be, whether that's pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll. It's, it's the antithesis or difference between the host-read baked in ads that we've become used to and have been touted as more effective because it's the host that's reading it and endorsing it. And that's what I've been doing all along. But right now I am in the process of moving over to dynamic ad insertion while keeping for the first 90 days, 120 days that uh, host read baked in option moving forward. So, Eric, what I've heard is like what I've heard a lot of is like you still have that big 
the baked in type sound where it's the host uh, doing an endorsement or doing the ad, but it's very obviously like been placed there. Out, it's not part of the read. Uh, is that the same thing? Can you can you do that as the host and just be like, well, I want to read my own ads and then you can place them? Or is this more random than that? Is it like more like Google ads? <laughs> so actually, there's one other component, which is okay. not only does dyna- dynamic ad insertion is a method for placement, but then you can still have those host read baked in ads used in that way or like with a place like Megaphone, which is owned by Spotify, they've got this, uh, oh, what is it called? Spotify Ad Network Span, mm-hmm. where it's uh, programmatic ads, which means it's other big brands reading and producing their own ads, but then placed on your show. So you can still, with dynamic ads, go host rad baked in or programmatic or a mixture of both, which is what I'll be doing. So I want to ask, first of all, I want to make sure, is this right? Did I get it right? There? Beyond the to do list.com. Yes. Okay, good. All right. Just want to check. You just, Doing this you on just, the fly. Everyone just witnessed us all reading very slowly together. That is, yeah, <laughs> that's like, because, you know, that's what's cool Wait, about let me the Google game. It. I change it on the fly. But we were talking about this exact same thing, Eric, uh, during the conference because I had some questions about Megaphone. Um, one of the questions that I had was like, okay, those ads that you're part of that network in, do you have any control over? Like, you know, if I'm doing, you know, a Pepsi sponsorship. I don't want Coke to come in and put something like a dynamic ad that's a competitor. You have control over that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, you've got a very broad spectrum of uh, exceptions that you can make that you can opt out of. For example, one of the things that I'll be doing is marking the check mark for no political ads because I don't want those of any sort, any any side of the spectrum or any part in the spectrum that just doesn't have a place in my show. So I will opt out of that and I will go through and I will, it, it'll be an extensive thing, but once it's done, it's done and I'll be able to tweak things. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you, you have the opportunity and the option to uh, have exclusions. So I want to talk real quick about you talked about the mixture of things. You you can do your own stuff and also the networking the network stuff that you join or the Spotify spot or whatever you the acronym was. I don't remember. Span. Span. I almost said spam, but okay. Um, spam. The question I have is well, the comment I wanted to make is like I know like Amy Porterfield she has ads that she runs because like, she's part of the like the HubSpot uh, Spotify network. I mean podcast network, but she also runs. Uh, uh, her own calls to action and I know Pat Flynn does the same thing and they're using dynamic ads because I've gone through it and it's the same one it's not baked in so talk about maybe a little bit how um, podcasters who maybe aren't you know getting the big ad deals or whatever um, can use that to grow their podcast by using yeah. dynamic ads yeah so if you're using your podcast as a business owner and you're not interested in baked in ads yourself whether it's through an agency or a deal you've partnered with or you don't want to do programmatic ads but you have your own products that you want to make sure you've got a timely product like for example we just did uh social media week lima and if that organization wanted to advertise and say hey this is going to come up in about a week grab your ticket now or have changing deals throughout they could do that they could drop in you know record their own ad drop it in dynamically and then not have to leave that ad in there and create fomo for something that's already passed although that might be a great strategy um (laughs) right they don't have to leave that in there and in the 
people that listen to the episode in the future, it won't be there anymore. You know, it's kind of like not having recorded old episodes of, of Seinfeld on a VHS tape and then hitting play and watching, you know, an ad for a mattress that's 20 years old because you still have that tape. It's it, that ad's gone. It's, it's not mm. there anymore. It's replaced with something else more timely. Mm. The ability to be timely and strategic and uh, laser-like focused on your ad strategy towards your own products through dynamic ad insertion is honestly the way of the future when it comes to podcasting and ads and revenue. Very, very cool. I think that that's amazing, especially at the timeliness, because, you know, we're very careful on the show to talk about events or not, you know, and and timing them out. So, and we don't talk about, we try not to talk about things that are, (laughs) we're talking about podcast movement, of course, but that is a big deal. Mm -hmm. So, Let's talk about somebody who is, they're hearing this and like, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast. This is the year for me. I'm going to do it. Um, Eric, you've done like 10 years. What would you go back and tell yourself uh, when you were first starting with the experience you have now that you like, I I really wish I would have done this when I first started? Uh, I would have done it like Jeff. (laughs) No, what I would have done was I would have started it like this. I would have said, okay, from the get-go, make it a video show and have it be something that is created at the same time, video for YouTube and other platforms, live video, as well as doing a, an audio version of it, as well as sni- uh, snippen- snippening, that's not a word, cutting it up into pieces, repurposing it, and using that across... <laughs> Yes, I would have been way more into the vein of repurposing. Having been down this road so far now with mainly only an audio show, it's harder. It's a little bit harder to backtrack and then get a, a, a rhythm going in terms of editing when it comes to editing video and audio because those are very different editing styles. You know this, Jeff, mm-hmm. having worked with me on things. And so that's what i would say first and foremost is come at it from a how, what's the minimum viable product that gets you the most output to use but if you're definitely somebody that's avert you know has an aversion to video don't don't feel like you have to do video just because jeff does it great doesn't mean you have to do it i just feel jealous <laughs> so I, well, he does have me, so you know. Grace is like, the whole reason people get it. Oh, oh, that's, yeah. that's I want to switch my answer. Get get a grace. Get, get a grace, grace to help. Amazing grace. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but do you think video podcasting has become the norm? I mean, I learn, I work for a live video, you know, platform. So of course, you know, this is this is and this is how I got started with with Eric. Uh, you know, back at social media examiner days and then with Jeff, but do you think video podcasting has become the norm or do you think a lot of podcasters are still wanting to stick with audio and keep things simple? And then, um, well, I guess they don't always have to go live, but the, the comments I always get is like, yeah, that's so much trouble to go live or they want to just do it whenever they want to do it. So they'll do like 10 episodes on a Sunday night or whatever and don't necessarily want to go live. So do you think video podcasting is, is standard these days? I think that I don't know that I would call it standard per se, but I know that there are good setups that can be done. I don't think people even think of it as a video podcast. They think of it as a show 
Yeah. Then they think of what components of that make sense. Is it a video show? Is it an audio show also? You know, all of the above. It's it's on YouTube. You know, some people it's like, oh, it's just it's on my YouTube channel. It's also in all your podcast players, apps of choice. And they don't think beyond, you know, they don't think of it as labels. They don't think of it as, well, I have to designate it as a video podcast. I have to also call it a, an audio podcast or I have to say it's an audio and video podcast. The language doesn't matter as much. It's more about yeah. can you do a good show? What's the best way for you mm-hmm. to do a good show? Stick with that. I think for me, yes, it is probably primarily audio because then I'd get to flub up and edit it out and you know not be live. At, at the same time, you guys asked me to do this live on the spur of the moment and no big deal because I'm used to doing it. But that's not the case yeah. for everybody. It, it really matters no. what your strengths are what your budget mm-hmm. allows, what your time allows. For example, Jeff, I know one thing you can't do with this show is really batch out episodes very easily because it's primarily a right. live show first, though you have done that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Grace and I have done it before. Like, if we're going to be on vacation we, with the technology now, we can pre-record it and then play it as if it's live. And most of the time, we tell people that's what's going to go on, and the audience is fine with it. Um, I want to bring up some comments, because, like, Jim says, uh, face for radio syndrome of people who don't want to do, uh, like, a live show. <laughs> Jim, I have a face for Photoshop, is what I always tell people. Um, just Photoshop it out. <laughs> or bobbleheads now. That's right. You have a face yeah, for bobbleheads. That's right. So, uh, face for bobbleheads. It, it's very slimming. Did you see how slim it was? That was amazing. Um I so, wasn't going to say that, but, but yes, you know, I know it you're is thinking. It. I know you're thinking. Um, so, but Sean Cannell uh, says that uh, uh, vodcasting is a massive thing this year, and I'm sure they're going to be talking about that a lot at Podcast Movement because I agree that it is a trend. Spotify is doing stuff, and then also, you know, Eric and I listen, and I, I know Grace, you do too. Is the email from uh, Tom Webster to the I think it's called Share of Ear. His reports that he does, and how f- YouTube factors into podcast discovery um and i want to talk about that in a minute with you eric but um chris says there's room for both video and only audio but if you aren't doing both you're limiting your show slash podcast so that's the reason i did it is one i'm lazy and it lets me have all this content for doing it one time which to me is just like i I get you know you're the best of both worlds you have video and audio but let's talk about because it is harder now there are more podcasts eric than there ever have been before there's new ones launching I think that the average, though, is most people only go for seven episodes and they quit. I think that was the, the stat that's being bandied around. So what do we need to do now into you know 2020 to get our podcast discovered? Because, yes, okay, it, it's really, it can take the air out of your balloon really quick. If you have this great podcast, you spend all this time on it, you get guests and everything, and you get no listeners. You don't have that problem. I mean, I'm not going to give your numbers, but they're impressive. They're bigger than most... Uh, big names. So, I mean, you, but you've got 10 years behind you, but you have huge numbers of downloads. So how do how do we as tw- in 2022 get discovered and have people subscribe? Well, I, most people would not be surprised that it started off small. <clears throat> and what I did was I leveraged my existing network at the time said, hey, can you follow this? Can you subscribe? You know, hey, can I have you on my show? All those kinds of things that starting off podcasters do. Um, It's interesting because I've actually got a couple ideas for podcasts and friends with which to do them. And we've been thinking about this and it's like, okay, how do we do that? I think one of the things that, for example, um, I'm trying to think, I think it's Wistia 
Uh, so I'll give them a shout out right now, I guess. But they've got a brand new show that they're coming out with, and they've paid to advertise that show on my show. And so get in front of podcast listeners, do a trade of some sort, do some sort of bartering system where you get exposure. For example, I know that Lipson does play trailers for people if they send one in and do shout outs like that. So just getting in front, you know, strategically find out where your uh, intended listener, what shows your intended listeners already listening to. So if you're, if you're, if you're not new to podcasting and you have an existing show, leverage those shows. If you are new and don't have a new, and and it's a brand new show and you don't have any other new shows, that's a little bit harder, a little bit tricky. But again, that's where partnerships and leveraging other people's shows and the podcast community at large comes in. It's not easy. Just starting out, you're going to be lucky to get up to, I mean, again, again, unless you're huge and already have an existing brand, you're going to struggle to get your first hundred listeners, your first thousand listeners, subscribers um, for a while. It could be slow, but that doesn't mean don't do it. It means consistently plug away at it because one of the things that factors in is downloads in especially Apple podcasts. Mm -hmm. The more downloads you start to get, the more they start to push your show up the rankings and you get greater discovery in there specifically. So a couple of comments. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I don't say hi to Mia Voss. She is talking about live video. She and I back in, if Dustin Stout's watching, he always says, I say Google plus doing it. Google plus days. Uh, me and I would do a live show together. Summon him again. I know, you I'm know gonna that. summon gonna... him. But Mark says this, he has a great uh, question. He goes, what about the benefits of asynchronous video? Sometimes the convenience of popping in and out without missing anything is a great way to communicate with your audience. Well, Mark, well, we're gonna let me tell you, second, let me tell you though, yeah. Volley, that's what we do. Yeah. If you go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash chat, we do that and we actually play questions from people uh, in our community on the show. And so you can have the best of both worlds. A lot of podcasters, uh, Lou Mangiello for one, and uh, has like they have like call-ins where you can call and ask questions and they'll play it on the show. This is like the next level of that. So anyway, Grace, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. You did. Well, I wanted, well, I have one big question for Eric, but I wanted to, uh, there was a, a question about, uh, was that on Podcorn, Eric, that um, the thing you were just talking about? Was that on Podcorn where you could, um, what were we just talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Podcorn. Podcorn. Yeah. I'm not sure. Just talk- it was talking about the, we were talking about the, the technology or talking. Anyway, it'll come back up. I, I, I'm going to think about it again, but I had, okay. So this is the question that I got asked a lot. So I went to this local uh, meetup, podcaster meetup here in Dallas. And podcast movement is in Dallas. They did a local meetup of local people, uh, podcasters. And they tended to be mostly hobbyists and looking to go pro. But a lot of them were just focusing mainly on it as a side hustle or something to support their main or ongoing business. And so a big question I had, of course, when I told them I, I do this show was, how important is it to maintain a social media presence just for your podcast? Now, and also, like, what the, I, I got a lot of questions on what platforms are best and where should we go, but, and, you know, what's the best way to manage it? So I think that's another big stressor. People that aren't necessarily doing this are, are pro or this isn't their main thing. It's something they're doing on the side and then doing social media for their podcast seems like another hurdle so how important is it to maintain like your own separate social media presence just for your show separate from i guess yourself so you've got your own personal stuff 
social channels, et cetera, that you're using, and you're saying how important is it to create maybe uh, their own accounts, you're, you know, a Facebook page, a LinkedIn uh, page, a business for your show. For the show, yeah. See the thing. Yeah. For the th- so it, I think it's going to be tricky here. So it depends on what 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 your goal is. If you already have an existing business, I would say leverage those existing business accounts and promote the podcast there in that way. Even go live there again. Go live there instead. Um, that's what I would leverage that way. Um, I would definitely I definitely believe in set- keeping the personal and the business accounts separate. Um, but I think, and actually, I'm I'm a little curious. Like, Je- in, in, according to, I'm, I want to get Jeff's take on this question too, because he's you know Jeff C. Manly Pinterest tips, but also Jeff C. of uh, social media news live, and I know that those have their own accounts. But he also pushes some of the stuff out on his personal accounts. Uh, I'm curious what his take is on this. So I pushed everything everywhere on all my accounts. So I have a queue of our show uh, using a girl pulse that goes out um, to all my, because I'm on all of them. So I'm like, I mean, now I don't push it to my personal Facebook profile, but my I have a Jeff C profile, I push it there. I push it to my Twitter account because it's me. And it's like, I mean, and I mix things up. I, I mostly do business stuff, but I, I put it, you know, some fun stuff in there as well. So I don't have a problem with it. I think it's helped grow the show because if you look at our comments, we've got people popping in from everywhere. We've got people from Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, you know, the people are watching on Amazon live. So it's whatever they feel like in the tech. It used to be, you'd have to like focus on one. This is my opinion. Mm-hmm. But now with the technology, with like Restream and Ecamm, and I can pull comments from everywhere, people can watch where they like to. Like some people don't like yeah. to be on Facebook, but they are on they're on YouTube all the time, or they're on LinkedIn all the time. And so I want to be where it's easy for them to to be to watch. So, and the same way with my my social posts, you know, I try to drive them to the full episodes where they can watch all the stuff we talked about with Eric. Um, and so that's 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 me. That probably not a lot of other people but that's just how i feel about it plus i just it's easy to do now with the technology so on that note with technology um we, you know we have some people talking about they want to know if wistia found you on pop podcorn to advertise yeah, so that was that, so that was the question you were talking about how right. wistia was promoting their new show on your show thank you for the prompt <laughs> our yes. listener here uh did wistia find you on podcorn to advertise on your show eric uh, no, I have an agency, True Native Media, and I've worked with them with great success since early, late 2017, early 2018. And if anybody wants to know more about that, you can link up to those in the show notes. They've they've uh, treated me very well, and I've been very thankful for, for partnering with them. So all of that goes through them, and they take care of it, which means I have less to ha- that I have to do to make the show right. happen. So before we move on to this next section, I want to get your thoughts kind of like, okay, 2022, what do you think is coming down the pike for podcasters in like the rest of this year and next year, like technology wise or promotion wise, or, you know, we've seen a lot of news of Spotify buying shows. And it seems like there's a lot of shows that are popular that are getting absorbed by networks like Wondery or something like that. So what are your thoughts on the long-term or what's coming down the, the you know, technology-wise or you know, even marketing or the future of podcasting, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this, but I think that it is a continually growing atmosphere and ecosystem. And I think there's still a lot of people, there's a lot of play when it comes to who's the best host for your audio files slash uh, what they bundle in with that um, in terms of all the different players there. Uh, I've seen some different things on Twitter lately about a couple of them that have been a little bit shady. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus right now, but that's something that continually gets shaken out. Um, I think, as we mentioned earlier, video is and, and vodcasting, though, again, to say that this is the year of that is always in my opinion, somebody who's not been paying attention because video podcasting has been around since podcasting started or at least was available on at the time iTunes in 05. It was mm-hmm. later that year and even into 06, 07 where I was watching more video podcasts back then. Now I just watch YouTube. I don't think about it as a podcast. Um, and we should talk about YouTube in a second. I think YouTube is the other piece that they have been making some big plays recently when it comes to being able to import your actual RSS feed right into there and pull your shows in and have them show up on YouTube. Um, But again, I I listen to YouTube music. I don't listen to podcasts on YouTube, but there are people who do. And there's an argument as to you better have your show there for the sake of discovery. Um, That's something that I'm still personally wrestling with, how to implement it the best way possible, because I don't want to miss out on people discovering the show there, like a lot of other podcasters do. Discovery, or I should say awareness of the show, is one of the biggest issues that gets brought up a lot when it comes to the future of podcasting. Yeah. So talk to us about YouTube. Like, talk to us about that YouTube aspect, because even, like, you know, I work for Restream, live streaming platform, and so we always talk about that even if you are going live, there's still people watching us right now that are encountering this as a podcast. They have it on the background. They're doing something else. They're not necessarily watching us intently. So uh, talk to us about that, that the balance with YouTube you're you're just mentioning. So YouTube is primarily a video platform. However, that doesn't mean that there aren't people going there, turning something on on the video, and then changing the tab and going about their work or letting it play through mm-hmm. speakers and going about and doing their own thing. They just happen to use that channel, that mode, that medium to consume visually or consume with just audio. And the issue is, is that a lot of podcasters don't necessarily have, like we were talking about earlier, they either have the urge or have the aversion, one or the other, or maybe the iffy middle, where they're not sure if they want to add a video component to be able to be viable on YouTube, but they also know, kind of like I do, or they also feel that like just throwing their artwork and an audio file that plays as a video up there kind of doesn't represent the fullness of the show. And so there's kind of a middle ground there too as well that we're, we're, you know, wondering about in terms of, is there a happy medium between just throwing it out there for the sake of having it there versus doing what again, Jeff does where it's already there on YouTube and it's a video show and you can go and watch it and consume it that way or retroactively just play the audio later if you don't want to look at Jeff. 
which is an important <laughs> safety tip. Uh, the, uh, the There's some great uh, comments we're having. Like Gary says, yeah. um, he goes, I think LinkedIn will have something for podcasting. I agree, and I, and I think it's in the works. I talked to uh, Judy Fox over, uh, the, you, know, you know, Fox Rocks over on LinkedIn at the conference, and we talked a little bit about the audio stuff that they're doing over there, and there are testing things, and she was, I think, part of it. So I think you're right. It's interesting, like, Facebook gave up on podcasting, but some of these other uh, yeah. the places are. You know, uh, Jim over Fusion Marketing watched on YouTube says uh, Amazon has done similar. In fact, one of the cool things, like yep. if you're watching on Amazon, we can actually have our podcast from Amazon uh, Music as an item in the carousel where people can subscribe and listen to it for free inside of Amazon. So there's all these cool things that are happening. Um, let's see, there's, um, oh, so uh, Katie asked, do you think it's better to take a juicy clip from the whole show into YouTube and give the link to listen to the users of the whole show. Is that an, and I, we are doing that by the way, as well as our full yeah. show. So yeah. um, what are your thoughts, Eric? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you can get people to listen to the whole thing, great, but if you've got to dive into a high watermark point that, you know, it's a pull, it's the pull quote from the episode, basically, mm -hmm. if you can pull that and, and hook people that way, then they don't have to get through, get through. I shouldn't say that, right. but I do. Uh, if they don't have to dig through the episode to get to that point, or if they know that point's coming up, some some podcasts do this actually, where they'll pull that pull quote out and start their episode with it. So it's like, oh, I'm going to listen for when that part comes up. But if you just pull that out, lift it out, put it out, and promo it that way, um, mm -hmm. it's totally possible. Again, it's it's what you're Jeff. It's what you're doing, and I admire about what you're doing. Like I said earlier, my my approach would have been. And they're coming to get me now. Uh, my approach would have been that I don't know if you can hear that. I hear it pretty loudly, even through my noise canceling headphones. It's a huge. They're after you. They're after anyway, you, you were supposed to check out at eleven. That's probably what's happening. Yeah. Yes. That's what it's. That's me, what's happening. Me, they're getting right. too close to check out. Yeah. <laughs> they're can you probably hear gonna. That? Yeah, they're probably gonna come by my hotel soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, let me just pause real quick here. So right. well, I, while we're waiting for the while we're waiting for the fire to saying. go by, I do remember what yeah. I was saying. I, what I was saying was, Jeff, you're doing it in a way that is kind of factoring in all the variables. It's live, it's video, it's audio, it's clippable, and you're then chopping it all up and using the whole thing in all these different instances across all the different platforms. It's it's kind of perfect if you think about it, about it in terms of getting the most bang for your buck with the minimum amount of effort. And some people, again, would say, but going live is a lot of effort. Doing video is a lot of effort. Yes, but you can get over that hurdle if you just practice. Totally agree. And I need to practice more. Um, you had a, you were going to say something, uh, Grace, about... Um, I was going to say that, that that idea of pulling the juicy clip of this whole show and putting it on YouTube, that's actually a way that I've discovered new shows on other platforms, so on Instagram and on TikTok, where they will uh, use, like, you know, the 30-second or the one-minute clip, like, whatever it is, and that's a good way to draw a new audience to your to your, uh, to your your show. So there's one podcast I found. It's all about celebrity uh, memoirs. It's a book. Mm. It's a book one that they were, you know, they did all the targeting for it on TikTok, and that's how I discovered them, was just this one juicy clip, and now I'm hooked. So, so that's a so good I, way to promote your show and find a new audience. So one of the things uh, Deb Mitchell asked, uh, she was asking, let me see, if you were going to start a podcast in the next one to three months, what is the best way to start? The first thing you need to do is get yourself a grace. 
uh, a great stuffy because she produces the show and we have when guests come on we have more people going oh my gosh this was so good you I didn't feel nervous at all because I knew what was going on I had the whole show what we're going to talk about um, I think that makes a huge difference I think that's the only way we we've gotten any legs you know Grace and I did this earlier together on another well Grace and Eric and then it was Grace and Jeff uh, on another place and then Grace and I came and started this and so I think that's our secret sauce so Everyone having knows. it planned out by a professional or taking the time yourself and planning it out and doing a run of show saves you so much time and stress because like you don't know this this is a little secret sauce but grace and i are like we have a google doc open which has our whole thing and we can type like hey skip that part or like what did you just say you dork or something like that and so um we're constantly doing this dance back and forth uh, but having that is you know is, is that's the reason we do all this fun clipping up stuff and all this stuff is because I have an amazing producer like Grace um, who co-hosts the show and helps uh, partner with me and all this stuff. So anyway, that's how you should do <laughs> LOL, it, Deb. Dork. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what's in our show notes right now. To right. But to, de- to, to answer Deb's question, it's like to uh, build a show, like whether you're doing just video or just audio, to build the show for whatever it is. So this is primarily a live show that we repurpose. Like So everything in the show is built for that purpose. So we talk about describing things and then vice versa. You know, when I do the shows on Restream, it's the same thing. Like we're distributing that to make clips. So we build the show around that. But I would love to hear what Eric's take is, having, done, having been a, a pro at this for over a decade now. That's old. It is old. Well, first off, I would say <laughs> that you were. Um, how I got started was I came up with a bunch of different topics that I thought would make good episodes. I also came up with a list of potential guests, started to marry those together in Venn diagram type process, and I just tried to go as far as I could. I wanted to say, what if I could come up with 52 ideas for a weekly show even if i don't do all of them i at least feel like i've got this runway this momentum of initial planning and then you marry that with a run of a show and just getting started and see how far you can get um and even order those like if say you've got 30 to 52 somewhere in there and you're like oh well if i did a show on this topic then i'd want to follow up with this one and then if they covered those two topics then this one makes sense to do next and you kind of pick and choose and and drag and drop them that's why like having maybe a mind map um you know kind of Mm -hmm. planned out for that where you can drag them and drop them or pick them up and cut them and put them in a different place by being able to do that forethought and even approach that maybe seasonally. What if you don't want to do a weekly show and you want to say, okay, in one quarter, I want to do six episodes bi-weekly. Well, there you go. You plan those six. You say this quarter's theme is fill in the blank. Then I say, okay, who do I want to get if I'm doing guests or if I'm going to do a solo show? Here's how I do that. You, you just kind of come up with what your option is, what fits best for you. In other words, don't get hung up on what everyone else is doing because it, you can do a show that you're best topically and voice-wise able to do, which will get better as you do it, but as long as you start and practice in public. Like, you go back and listen to my first show with Michael Hyatt. It's good, but it's not great. Like, I've gotten way better since then. You just gotta start. I probably digressed a little bit since I started, but... Before we, we wrap up, because Eric has been gracious with his time and he needs to drive home and I need to drive home, uh, we're going to talk about kind of the elephant in the room. 
is um, how to make money podcasting because I want to have time because Eric, you know, he's one of the most successful one of the most successful podcasters I know, um, and he makes money with his show. So a lot of people ask, how can we make money? Podcasting. So uh, there's a platform that uh, Grace found for us in the short note, and the quote is, podcasting can be a great source of potential revenue through brand sponsorships, ads, membership sites. Um, the horror comedy show Last Podcast on the left earns over $50,000 per month from Patreon. So there's there's m- multiple ways to do it. You get sponsorships. You could do ads like Eric. Um, you know, we've covered some of the, the the ones on past episodes, like even with Shannon Hernandez. Uh, those are some great episodes to go back and listen to in our back catalog. But Eric, what you know, you have s- s- ten years of episodes. You also have you know all this growth, and you have a huge number of downloads a month. What about normal people who aren't Eric Fisher? How can they make money with the podcast? People that sleep and uh, right. <laughs> take yeah. time for themselves, right. you know, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would say do some research, find out if there's some potential brand partnerships. Again, depends on where you're at in your journey, because even Jeff, when you started this, you weren't brand new to podcasting, but so you had some, some cachet, some clout some friends that you could talk to about getting started in that way. You've got to feel out your options first. Patreon's always an option. That's actually one of the things that I would have said uh, from the get-go, I would have planned for having a community as part of my show. That's something that I'm now trying to integrate a little bit better because let's face it, that's one of the things that was appealing about podcasting in the first place, being able to connect with the listeners in a way that you couldn't really do with any other type of medium that you were creating. Um, So Patreon for sure. Um, looking for brand partnerships in and of yourself or if you're getting if you're up in the I think the threshold is once you get to about 500 to 1000 downloads per episode after about 30 to 45 days you're kind of prime in that uh, what advertisers are looking for niche um, amount of cachet and audience and uh, you can work with an agency like I do True Native Media um, I think when I was working with them, I was already uh, a few a, a few levels higher than that. But again, I only got to that level by being consistent and always showing up. I mean, I had an Audible ad within the first like 16 episodes of my show back when it first started, but it was for almost no money. It was just for the sake of like practicing having done one. You know, I was kind of giddy for having something, you know, to pay the, pay the bill of hosting for, for a few months, you know? And so... Uh, but again, if you've got your own products, if you've got your own business, if you can track away for leads to come through from the podcast, um, and and uh, I mean, again, one of the things that I want to uh, stress here is my show was came about because I was phasing out uh, of co-hosting with somebody else on their show and wanted to do my own thing. And when I came up with was I wanted to find out slash start relationships with all these amazing people that were doing amazing work and productivity just seemed to fit the bill in terms of how I can get free coaching from those people. Right. And yet also start relationships with them. And so it it really can be a, a, not just a business builder, but of a relationship builder, which is what business is all about. Right. Yeah. And one of the things I think is with my, uh, with, monetizing is the networking like I was able to yeah. when we first started is is with my network is 
asking things. But by the way, for you guys who are listening, uh, somebody uh, said in the uh, thing is like, you had your Michael Hyatt as your first guest. Yeah, he's got some pretty amazing guests. So yeah. if you're listening to this, it's Beyond the To-Do List uh, is the podcast you can search in your podcast player or go to Beyond the to-do list.com uh, it's on my phone I've subscribed but leave him a rating and review because uh, that really helps sorry Grace quit oh no I, I'm glad you did that shout out too and then Gary Stockson said Dave Jackson who runs a school of podcasting wrote a book profit from your podcast he also has a live show on YouTube Saturday mornings called ask the podcast coach so thank you Jerry or Gary for that uh, for that tip I wanted to ask Eric what is the experience of building a community around your podcast in 2022 what is what has that been experience like and how would you how are you going about it well, I would say uh, Volley is one of the ones options-wise that you've got is to be able to do that. You are doing that well with this show. I am I am in there, um, not as active as I have been, but I've been super busy. So it's like, okay, you. One of the things that it, that re- building a community requires of you is calendaring and planning and setting aside the time to be part of that, to integrate into that, to spend time with people, to give access, in other words. And so there's that part. And that's also something that you can do with Patreon. That's a thing you can do there where people in there will get to see the posts and ask you questions and even get um, private content from you. Of course, that then means you're creating more content. But then again, if these people are joining and Patriot and are your patrons, then you kind of owe them that, you know, and that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Um, yeah, community is one of those things where you can find it. In all, I, I've actually still right now. I'm actually uh, testing out a few different CRM platforms so that I can kind of mark people down and say, okay, I remember their name. I don't always have faces and names that connect, but once I do and lock it in, I know you. Um, but having a CRM system where I can start to put people in there and say, okay, I know more about them. And even if I happen to forget, I've got that Michael Scott Rolodex where I can spin mm. it and be like, <laughs> ask them about their so-and-so or, you know, and as you get used to using it, you don't need it as much because you've got an actual relationship versus, um, you know, you're, you're using a, a, a software crutch, so to speak. Yeah. So I've been part of a number of great podcasting communities, and I like to say that I've been listening to podcasts since the iPhone was the iPod and it had a wheel. So I've been doing, I've been listening for a very long time, and a lot of them offered this place online. It wasn't necessarily on social media; it was prior to social media, actually, where the, you know listeners would be able to talk to each other, and then they would actually host meetups and trips and different things. Again, this was over several years. So uh, is that still something that? is valuable like how valuable is it to get your listeners to talk to each other because i also think that you know being an audio podcast it's a very personal experience so i don't think about the other people listening i just think about me and the what i'm listening to but how important is it to get your listeners together and them getting to talk to each other it's huge and we've seen an example of this and and jeff i mean you and i went to lou mangello's momentum conference Mm -hmm. we were speaking there but we were also then not speakers and we were just I hate to say it this way but I'm just going to say it bluntly we were all there because we were fans of Lou yeah. and also Disney mm-hmm. and so it's by by getting us all in one place it's like the energy of one of us in our fandom rubbed off on the other and vice versa to well we're where we were all feeling more enthusiastic 
and um, double and triple down on our commitment, enthusiasm, support, etc. for the person that was the catalyst that brought us all there, which in this case was Lou Mangiello and Mickey Mouse or Walt Disney. That's right. <laughs> and so uh, Those are our big draws. So um, draws though. Yes. Draws. It was yes. Um, and so uh, Katie asks, "What is your volley channel, please?" And that is, I don't know if I can bring it up on screen because I've been having, I'm traveling and different things. So it's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash chat. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash chat. You'll go in there, you'll see a, a message, and then you can just join. And uh, we would love for you guys to do that because we have a lot of fun in there. In fact, Eric yeah. was on this morning. We were at breakfast, and Jim was doing a goofy little video. And so I think that's on there that you guys can watch. So, um, by the way, Eric, we're at, we're at our time because we're going to get kicked out of our hotels if we don't wrap this up. But the most important thing is, is where people can find out more about all things Eric Fisher. Yeah, I mean, again, go subscribe to the show at beyondthetodolist.com. Start there. But if you want to connect with me, uh, find me on LinkedIn. Just type in E-R-I-K-F-I-S-H-E-R. Look for the, guy, the bald guy with the beard and glasses. It's me, most likely. And then Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. That's probably where I'm most active on social other than LinkedIn these days. Connect with me. I'd love to talk about, you know, what productivity needs you have that I can make an episode for. Awesome. And where can people find their own Grace Stuffy if they want to get Grace well, Stuffy to do their show for them? You can't. It's just I, I belong to Jeff, apparently. So, no, the best place to find me is on uh, LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, Grace, I think it's Grace H. Duffy on LinkedIn. Anyway, you can find me. I look like this. This is what I actually look like in real life. That's the beauty of live video. You get to see what people actually look like. So uh, you find me on LinkedIn. I also host a series of live shows over on the Restream channels. So right now I'm doing a series called Creator Spotlight, which we highlight our really cool users doing cool things with live video. And you can find us here every week. So next Friday, uh, June 24th, we'll be back in our respective home studios and uh, find us there. Yes, and make sure, and by the way, Grace belongs to nobody. I'll just say that. Like, nobody, <laughs> don't say that I have it. Um, but you need to go check out Hashtag you know, Free Grace. I'm trouble with yeah, Jody for that free, one, huh? Yes. So um, the thing is, is uh, she just, uh, Tim was in here earlier, and uh, Grace just did a live show with Tim, one of the people in our community. So make sure you go to Restream's YouTube channel and check that out because uh, that's a great uh, episode. Grace does a great job over there. And so um, thank you guys so much. Uh, Richard, thank you for joining us. It was a great show all watching over on LinkedIn. Uh, we could not do the show without you. Thank you so much. Thank you to our sponsors, Ecamm, uh, socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Thank you for Eric Fisher for uh, jumping oh, in man. from his hotel room. Technology is so much fun. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We love all you guys. Thank you, Gary and Deb and Richard and all the folks who left comments today. We appreciate you and we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.